I want you to turn with me, please, just for a few minutes to Revelation chapter 22, the last uh, words of the last book in the Word of God. And thank you for Ruth, Rebecca, and Richard. I've been blessed through your testimonies and your singing tonight. I will not be long preaching, but I have a word that God has laid upon my heart, and it's in the last words of the last book. And it's in verse 17 of the 22nd chapter of the Revelation. Verse 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And amen. This final paragraph and the final paragraph in this book, these five verses that we have just read together are embedded with three final things or three last words to mankind. In verse 17, we have the final plea to come to Christ. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. In verse 18, we have the final plagues that any man add to or take away from this book. And the plagues of this book will be upon him. And mind you, there are some awesome plagues in the Word of God. Justin Welby and the liberalists and the modernists would make to take notice when they tinker and tamper with the Word of God, that the plague of plagues of this book will one day fall upon them. There's the final plea to come to Christ. There's the final plagues that any man. In verse 20, there's the final promise. I will come again and I will come quickly. The few minutes that I have tonight I want to look at the first of these final messages. I want to look just at one of them, and I'll not be long. But I want you to listen very carefully what the Lord's going to say to you tonight. I want you to look, we'll look at this plea that comes from God to the sinner. There's a spirit, the Holy Spirit, says come. Now that's one of the offices of the Holy Spirit. 
One of the great offices of the third person of the Trinity is to point men and women to Christ. And he's been doing that down through the years. He's been doing that for over 2,000 years. And he's doing that tonight. The Holy Spirit is working tonight in this meeting. And he's speaking to men and women. He is speaking to sinners tonight. That's his job. And is his job in the day of grace to do. He will convince men of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And you heard those testimonies tonight. That's the work of the Holy Spirit working in the lives of men and women. Secondly, the church and the bride say come. Now that's the job of the church. That's the job of the evangelical church in our land tonight is to woo sinners to come to Christ. So many churches have got away from preaching the old-fashioned gospel message. But the job of the church is to tell men and women and to invite men and women and to call men and women and to pray for men and women and boys and girls that they might come to Christ. The church, the bride, Christ's bride says, Come, come for all things are now ready. That's the job of the church, and that's the job of this church here. But then there's a third plea. The third plea here is, He that heareth say, Come. That's every individual Christian who has heard the gospel, who is born again, who is saved by grace, who are on the way to heaven. It's the job of every Christian in this place tonight to tell others to come to Christ. These are very powerful words, you know, that the Scriptures end with. Very, very serious word. And it's the job of every man and woman and boy and girl to tell others to come to Christ in your workplace, in your home, wherever you might be. It is our job. Tell them to come, 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 come now. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Come, for all things are now ready. We must, we must beseech men and women to come before we're hearing tonight that it could be, it could be uh, too late. Now, that's half my message. While there are three mighty invitations here, there are two mighty stipulations. There are two mighty provisions for the sinner to come to Christ. First one is, whosoever is thirsty. Now let that sink in now. Whosoever is thirsty, you know what it's like to be thirsty physically, don't you? And when you're thirsty physically, and very thirsty physically, and you get a drink, you're satisfied with that drink. Let me ask you tonight, as I close this meeting, are you spiritually thirsty tonight? Because that is something that you will need if you're going to come to Christ. Are you thirsty for Christ tonight? Are you thirsty for sins forgiven? Are you thirsty for peace with God? Are you thirsty for something different in your life? Do you crave something more in your life tonight than what you have? Are you thirsty? Because it says here, he that is a thirst, let him come. You remember David said, oh, that I might get a drink. David was thirsty. He says, oh, that I might get a drink from the well of Bethlehem. You remember, it was mentioned tonight already in the meeting about the woman at the well. Tell me this tonight. 
Are you tired of the life that you're living? Are you tired of the sin of the world? Are you tired of the drugs and the drink and the pornography and everything else that you're at that cannot satisfy you and never will satisfy you? There's a woman. She was a thirsty woman. You know about her in John's Gospel, chapter 4. When at the well, at Jacob's well, she said to the Lord Jesus, Give me water that I thirst not. And he said back to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst again. I thank you, 52 years ago, I got a drink of living water, and I've never been thirsty since. Never been thirsty. He has satisfied every need. He has given me peace and joy and pleasure that the world could never give me. And this woman says to him, I, thir- I want water where I thirst not again. And, God, and the Lord said, the well, the well is deep. There's a deep well tonight. Listen, it's very deep tonight. It's deep, it's deep because it's full of love. It's full of grace. It's full of mercy. It's deep. Would you not come and drink of this water of living water tonight? Will you not come to Ruth's Savior and Richard's Savior and my Savior and other Saviors? Will you not leave the things behind and say, Lord, I thirst for the living water. I want you more than anything else. The whosoever thirst may come. May come. But if you're not thirsty tonight, if you're not hungry tonight, if you're not interested tonight in this gospel, I can do nothing for you, nor nobody else can do anything for you. That's the stipulation. That's number one. Number one stipulation is that you must, you must be thirsty. You see, speaking about this woman for a minute, you know her head was full of knowledge and her heart was full of sin. You could have a head full of knowledge and a heart full of sin. You could be a professor in this meeting. You could have BAs and BCs and anything else that you could get, and there's nothing wrong with getting education. You could have all the knowledge about sciences and, and, and global warming and everything else, and yet, yet you could have a heart that's full of sin. This woman has a head full of knowledge. And I'll tell you why. If you read John 4, you will know that she knew all about Jacob's well. She knew in the Old Testament when Jacob dug the well. She knew in the Old Testament who drunk at the well. She says Jacob and his children drank at the well. She knew everything about the well and she knew everything about Jacob and she knew everything about the cattle, but she knew nothing about peace in her heart. Not only that, she not only knew everything about the well, she knew a lot about worship. She says our fathers worshipped here at the spot. I'm sure that she would have known that they sang and they praised on that very spot. You see, friend, you can sing and you can praise and you can be in this meeting tonight and you can have all the knowledge and you can sing and you can do what you like, but you can have sin in your heart that needs to be dealt with tonight. And thank God you're in the right place where it can be dealt with. But she not only had a head full of knowledge, she knew about the well, she knew about worship, she knew the word. Some of you have been brought up under the Word of God and you know the Word and you know the text and you know the Scriptures and you learn them at Sunday school. She says, I know that the Messiah, I know that the Messiah come, which is called the Christ. I tell you, she knew, she knew more than I knew. You know, I never knew a verse of Scripture until I was saved at 25 years of age. I wouldn't have known where the Psalms were. I wouldn't have known even where Genesis was. 
I never knew a word of a word of scripture until 25 years of age. And you young people in the Sunday schools, you young people being taught at home by your mother and father, you thank God that you're hearing the word of God. She knew it all. But then Jesus looked into her heart and he says, You have five husbands. And the man that you're with at this moment, he's not your husband. She was living in sin. Living in adultery. And you can know a lot tonight. And you can sing a lot tonight. And you can say a lot tonight. And you can look well tonight. But you know down deep in your heart that there's things not right. Don't you? You know that. You're honest tonight. I know you are. You know, way down deep in your heart tonight, you know those things not right. She was living in adultery. And that had to be sorted out, and that it needs to be sorted out. Sin has to be dealt with. That's why Jesus Christ went to the cross at Calvary to deal with our sins. And she knew it all, but she still was in her sin. But you see, not only is there a stipulation to be thirsty, secondly and lastly, there's a stipulation to be willing. Whosoever will may come. And the Spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is thirst come, and whosoever will, let him come. Now the gospel is for the whosoever will. Whether you're old or young or rich or poor or whether you're as clean as a hound's tooth or whoever you might be tonight, wherever you are tonight, wherever you are across the world tonight, the whosoever will may come. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Christ died for once and for all and forever offered the sacrifice of sin of Calvary. My friend, as for the whosoever. This is the gospel we preach. No limited atonement here. The whosoever will may come. But are you willing? You see, this is the point. Oh, I put up my hand in the meeting, yes. Oh, I nod my head in the meeting, yes. But are you willing? Are you willing to count the cost tonight? Are you willing to come through with God tonight? Are you willing tonight, is your heart, soul, and all, I want God more than anything else tonight? You'll find him then, but you'll not find him until then. You see, let him, it says there, it says, let him. See that word let? That word let is the word hinder. It is the word keep back. It is the word to block. Now as we close in with the gospel just now to finish, What's hindering you? Hmm? What's blocking you? What's stopping you tonight? Why will you not come tonight? What's wrong? What's wrong? Oh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of fear. Oh, I'm afraid of what they might say. <laughs> Can't come. You need to get rid of that fear tonight. Oh, I'd, I'd be afraid of what my husband would say. I'd be afraid of what my wife would say. I'd be afraid of what my friends would say. Afraid of what the family would say. You don't worry too much about the family or others. What they would say, my friend, you have a soul. 
And not only that, you have a soul. And you, if you have a thirsty soul tonight, you'll need to come. Because you can't play fast and loose with God. There's a man in this meeting tonight, and he, 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 he knew. I know many men tonight, and this man knew it was a final call. He told me many's a day. I knew if I didn't come that night, I'd never come. Do you know that this could be your final call? Do you think that the Holy Spirit and the church and the bride and the God and everything in build and the, put these last verses in for foolery? And the Spirit says come. And the bride says come. And the Christian says come. And the lifeboat says come. And I say come. Come, come now, tonight. That's the invitation. Oh, but you say, oh, I'd love to come, but, 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 there's no buts. There's no buts, my friend, in this. The Lord Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. Listen to what I'm going to say to you. The Lord Jesus spoke to the Pharisees, and one time he said to them, ye would not come. That's the past. He looked right into their eyes and he says, ye would not. That's the past. And how many times would you have got the invitation? Many times have you got the gospel track? How many times have you got the offer of God's salvation in the past, but ye would not come? But then he looked at them again on another occasion. He says, he says ye will not come. That's the present. That's the present. Ye will not come to me that ye might have life. That's not night for you. Oh, you wouldn't in the past. Will you tonight? Wouldn't it be very sad that he's looking into some eyes of some lady, some man, some boy, some girl in this meeting tonight as we close? And he says, ye have made up your mind. Ye will not come. He knows your heart. I don't know it. But if you go out with that ringing in your ears, you beware. But then on another occasion, he says to them, he says, where I am, you cannot come. That's the future. Let them rest in your mind. I'm, I'm closing now. You would not. You will not. Mother, you cannot. You can't come whenever you like. Where I am, where's he? He's in the glory tonight. He went on to that old rugged cross and was stripped naked and spatting and bludgeoned and beaten and hammered for your sins and my sins, the Son of God. And he died and they took him down and they buried him and the third day he rose again and he's at the side, at the throne, on the throne in heaven tonight. In all his glory and all his power, he says, where I am, you cannot come. You've left it too late. Wouldn't that be awful? To leave it too late. Too late. 
Don't leave it too late. Don't miss it tonight. Don't go home tonight with these invitations ringing in your ears from the Holy Spirit, from God himself, from the Savior himself. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. You make sure you're saved tonight. Don't be fooling about with the false profession. Go to hell. For while this well is deep, and I'll tell you there's a pit that's deeper, and it's the bottomless pit where you will be forever without Christ if you miss this opportunity tonight. I close with this illustration. Many years ago, on an Indian reservation in America, way up about Arizona or Nevada or some of those places, there was a father and son and they were going home. There had been a great frost for, ye- for, for weeks and months and the rivers had flowed, the lake and the river had, had frozen over and the thaw was coming. And as they were making their way home to a very desolate part of the country, uh, it was getting dark and the wind was starting to blow and it was cold. There was a thaw on and the, the lake had thawed. And there were large chunks and bundles of ice floating. Now the son said to the father, he says, jump on. He jumped onto a big lump of ice. Because it was drifting towards the far shore. And if, they, if, they, if he'd got on that ice and over to the shore, he was safe. And it saved them miles and miles of walking away round. They'd have walked the ice if it would have been there. So the sun got onto the lump of ice and the, it was very slowly drifting towards the shore. And the, the father got onto the ice too. And the both of them were drifting towards the shore. And when they come to the shore, the son jumped off. But the father took fear. And just when the son said, jump, daddy, a gust of wind took the ice and took the father on it out into the endless, end, endless lake in the mist and all he could hear and all that Indian son could hear and see was his old father shouting it's too late jump daddy jump too late too late jump jump daddy jump too late too late And as it went off into the distance, he could hear the faint cry of the father. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Too late after hearing God say, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. The church says, come. 
Every believer says, come. And the cross, hanging on that old cross, was a saviour saying, come. For there's no other way. Let us pray. You just thank God tonight that we're in the day of grace and that the invitation for the gospel has once more been sounded out. And there's still time for men and women to come and seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. What a privilege. That may not be there tomorrow. It may not be there later tonight. It is just now. And for you, God says, Mother, Father, young person, Come, come, come and drink of the water, of living water, and you'll never, ever, ever thirst again. Father, just now, we believe, Lord, there's a wrestling match going on tonight in hearts and souls. And Lord, we're fearful, fearful. That you would be rejected for the last time. Don't let it happen, Lord. Don't let men and women perish from this meeting. 